Hello, everybody, and welcome to the debut episode of the State Hornets' new pro sports podcast, No Limits, with Gary and Mac. I am Mac Irvin III. If you listened to Double Coverage last year, you already know the general premise of the show, and you know what happened to Sean. He left us. He graduated. But that's all right, because I got myself a new co-host, and it's our first and last guest from Double Coverage. Now the co-host of No Limits, welcome, Mr. Gary Singh. What's up? What's up, Mac? Good, good. Proud to be here. And you got a new host to challenge you in all the debates that Sean couldn't get you at. Hopefully this will be a great endeavor for both of us through the semester. Let's get to it. Let's get the people what they want. Yep. All right. We got a full show because as most of us, as we all know, pro sports came back with a vengeance over the weekend. The NFL had its debut season. Also, the NBA going deep into the playoffs, wrapping up the conference semifinals tonight. Actually, we're recording this before game seven, so we won't know what the hell we're talking about when this episode posts the next day, but that's all right. And then we'll talk about the conference finals, who we think is going to the finals and who we think could win it all. But let's start with the NFL. You know, we had a lot of questions about whether they were going to come back from coronavirus, if they were going to play at all. How did the first week of the season live up to your expectations? The first week for me, Matt, really came out great. It really met my expectations. At the end of the day, I'm a sports fan just like you, and all I wanted to see is football game played. I really didn't care about the fans anyways, just because I only go to like, I only been to one game my whole life, which is last year, Niners versus Packers. So I really was happy week, week one, especially with my team, Pittsburgh Steelers, getting the W. Hmm. You're not the only one whose team got a big W out there. Shout out to my Seattle Seahawks crushing the Atlanta Falcons. But you know which team did not get a W? That would be the hometown San Francisco 49ers. Mm -hmm. I know we got a lot of Niner fans listening to this podcast. So let's talk about them. Where do you think it went wrong for them? Do you think they underestimated their opponent or what happened there? Um, Well, my radio show with my brother, I really predicted that the Cardinals are going to get this week one win. So it wasn't really shocking to me just because – Kyle Murray last year played this team tough twice and almost came with a W twice. So I knew that this year getting DeAndre Hopkins, D-Hop into his lineup, another year under that belt for that offense and defense. I know they were going to be a tough task for the Niners. I think it's just the same issue as always. Well, now it's going to be a bigger issue with Kittle out. But just really Garoppolo has to be able to grow. I still believe he could win a Super Bowl, but – that defense is ready for him and just waiting for Garoppolo to hit those hit those strides to get Niners some Ws. Yeah. But I mean this was always gonna be a tough this was always gonna be a tough game for the Niners. You know, that NFC West is hyper competitive this year. You know, the Cardinals went out and grabbed DeAndre Hopkins from the Texans. And, you know, a twenty four to twenty win for the Cardinals, it was a real drag of a second and third quarter of that game. There was only six points scored between each teams in those two quarters a real defensive battle. And I just didn't like some of the play calls that were being made. Like I, it didn't seem like the Niners had it in them. Like I know they're dealing with a lot of injuries, but they just couldn't make plays when it mattered. It seemed like, and you know, McKinnon was able to get that touchdown in the fourth quarter and they took the lead, but they just couldn't close it out. And they just allowed Arizona to come back. So. Yeah. I feel like the same thing as the Super Bowl. Mike Shanahan still holding the leash right there on Garoppolo. And I really just think they need to let him loose and let him, 
I know why they don't let him loose just yet because that defense, when you have such a good defense, you really don't need to make too many costly turnovers as we've seen like Jameis Winston last year on the Bucks. Turnovers really change your whole season, especially we just seen the Bucks this year with Tom Brady with two, which were key two turnovers. So, fuck that and let the rain go. This Seahawks stuff that Matt going on in the background is going to keep making me say Seahawks left and right. He got Seahawks everywhere in his room right now. Man, Matt. <laughs> well, you know, I am from Seattle, so <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> exactly. All right, so moving away from the 49ers, what was the biggest overall surprise to you in week one? Did you Were you shocked by anything that happened in any of these games? Mm, shocking. Um, just looking at these scores right now, that nothing really shocked me. Really, like like the main games, like Dallas. I I hate the Dallas Cowboys. All I'm putting on record right now, I hate the Dallas Cowboys because my whole family are Cowboys fans. So I was just asking them as soon as that game was over, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? Just really <laughs> irritating their soul. And you already know they're like, oh, that wasn't a penalty and stuff. So that I mean that game was interesting. Um. Every other game kind of seemed like it went on par, especially even I I believe in New England. I believe in Cam, so I don't know, wasn't really shocked by that. Only maybe thing I was shocked by was Philadelphia losing to Washington football team, which was kind of weird, but that's mm. the only upset I really seen. Other than that, everything looked like it went on par how I believed it was gonna go this weekend. That was a really embarrassing loss for the Eagles, up 17 to nothing at one point in the game. Let 27 unanswered points from Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? I'll ask you this. What is your belief in Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Because, you know, a lot of people were crowning them the sort of champions of the offseason, if you will, you know, mm-hmm. with getting Brady, getting Gronk, getting Leonard Fournette. Are they in trouble after a week one loss? Uh, no way, Jose. No way, Jose. They're uh, they're not in trouble. I believe a lot of teams like we're going to be seeing this year are going to take a little while to get into it. As we know, there's no preseason. A lot of things need to get cleaned up. As we've seen so many injuries this first weekend, it's kind of sad to see so many injuries, to be honest. Especially, I know you were talking about your fantasy team earlier before we came on, how already so many injuries hit your fantasy team. So, like, that, I do believe in the Bucks. I don't believe they're going to win the division because I still believe the Saints have more firepower and they just have more continuity and culture together so far. As we can see, Tom Brady is really seeing how Bill Belichick helped that team. So many penalties this weekend he's not used to. So I still believe in the Bucks. They're going to make some noise just this week one. They're going to get their legs under them and get going here. Sad thing is that they got a tough schedule because everyone wanted to see the Bucks for someone this year. NFL put them on a tough schedule. But I believe they're going to get the wild card and they're going to be in the mix. Yep. Another, I'll tell you the one thing that surprised me throughout this week, and I did the math on this. There were 16 games in week one, mm-hmm. and there were 17 missed field goals, including Steven Gostowski missing three field goals last night in Monday night for the Tennessee Titans. But he managed to make the game winner, so mm-hmm. maybe he'll survive another week. I just don't know what's going on with these NFL kickers nowadays. They used to be automatic back in the day, and it's just surprising to see a lot of them struggling right now. I think it's that, like we talked about, that practice is not really getting them. And, yeah, I think that's really it right now. But what you think about Mac? What you think about the Bucks so far? Um, You know, I'm always cautious about buying into hype. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've seen a lot of teams. I've seen a couple of teams with those offseason champions labels. You know, 
I was telling my parents this, uh, you know, the Eagles in 2011, they called themselves the dream team. They went ahead of five or six wins. You know, they didn't make the playoffs. The Browns last year, mm-hmm. champions of the offseason, right? Didn't even make the playoffs. So I'm cautious. I, I think Gronk and Brady were definitely on the downturn, you know, before leaving New England. So I'm cautious. I don't think they're going to have the explosive impact that everyone's expecting them to. But maybe I'm wrong. I'm happy for them to prove me wrong. But, uh, you know, it's still early days. I don't want to get into any overreactions yet other than saying maybe the Seahawks will go to the Super Bowl. That's going to be my only overreaction. A little bit of homerism right there, but, you know. What's your uh, biggest takeaway from from week one so far? My biggest takeaway is that there are going to be a lot of close divisional battles, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are only a couple of divisions where you could really pick a runaway winner, like – I'm sure you could probably say the Chiefs in the West. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's probably about it. Every other and all the NFC divisions are going to be super tight. We don't know who's going to win the East. So, yeah, we're going to have to see what happens in week two. I always like to give the season a couple weeks to like settle into who's going to make those runs. So I think around week six, we should have a better indication of who's going to be looking at a playoff run here. All right, switching gears from the NFL, let's move to the NBA. We already have one of the conference finals matchups set. That's in the East. The Celtics are playing the Heat. They're actually playing them right now as we record this. So by the time this posts, you already know the result. Um, what do you think about you know the two conference finalists from the Easter Conference? I had the since the beginning of the year. I'm just lay down right now, Mac, and you can just get on me all year long till this is over. I had the. In the Eastern Conference Championship, I did have the Bucks versus the Celtics, which obviously the Bucks are out. So I still got the Celtics. And then I had in the e- on the West, I had the Clippers versus the Lakers, which is still to be determined. But as of right now, I still think it's be Clippers versus Lakers, and I got the and I got the Celtics winning. So I got a Celtics versus Lakers back in the day throwback NBA Finals. I picked them in the beginning of the year, and I got the Lakers winning it all, Mac. Man, I, I don't know about that. I'm just, I, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I forget who I said would be my conf, my conference finalists and NBA finalists. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I picked the Bucks too, but mm-hmm. you know, I think most of America picked the Bucks to beat the Heat, and not for the Heat to just walk in there, smack them around the way that they did. <laughs> but uh, you know, I am fully on this Miami Heat bandwagon. You know, I thought when they got Iguodala at the deadline. You know, I was like, this is a good move, a good veteran presence. They were already a, a really good team. I think a lot of people undervalued the move for Jimmy Butler in the offseason. I think a lot of people didn't think they were going to be in the position to make, uh, you know, a real championship charge this season. And I was one of those people. I thought they would get, you know, fourth to sixth seed. But, you know, they've really surprised me. I think they have the momentum to go on and be NBA finalists right now with the way that they're playing. Yeah, the only problem with the Heat, I just first of all, I don't see them getting past the Celtics just due to the fact that the Celtics just play their game with high tempo, got a lot of ball handlers. The Heat haven't played no one so far in these playoffs who have multiple ball handlers who could put the ball on the floor and really create plays. Only thing I really did give the Heat advantage if they're able to capitalize on their height because they are obviously bigger than the Celtics. So Bam can have a big, big, big playoff series then i could see them winning but 
I really just come down to who's the best player on the floor when it comes into NBA playoff basketball, in my mind, Jason Tatum versus Jimmy. And Jimmy does great, don't get me wrong, but Jimmy has had too many 17, 10-point nights for me in these playoffs just alone, even though they only lost two games so far. So I got Jason Tatum, especially if Gordon Hayward comes back. I feel like just too much offensive firepower. And as long as they can keep control of the pace, I feel like they're going to be able to win that series. Yeah, uh, we'll have to see what comes down to it. The East has been wild this year. And, you know, moving over to the West, you already said you think uh, you you had picked the Clippers and the Lakers to be in the conference finals. We'll see how right you are when this episode mm-hmm. posts about whether the Clippers were going to make it. I, I really can't believe they've allowed Denver to come back into the series the way that they have. Yeah, I mean, you're right on point with that, Mac. Like, I really feel like the Clippers – they played they okay they this is actually what i think the clippers are when they're big dog in the series they let the fuck the gas and they really just let go of momentum and just lose sight of certain things but when they're they've just been aiming at the lakers all year they want to be the underdog mentality playing versus the lakers they don't know that they got to get there first and this this denver team is nothing to play with like i usually i always think okay like in playoffs people, teams take steps you know and people don't know this Denver team has already took a lot of steps at playoffs like they already, they already went to four game sevens already with the same squad. So they've already got battle tested. So I feel like they're built for this moment. I I want to pick the Denver tonight, but I really don't think – I just feel like when you're the best player on the floor, Kawhi cannot take this L tonight. They're favored by 7.5. They lost two-digit double-digit leads back-to-back games. And there's just no way that they're going to just disappoint the whole NBA and not get a Lakers-Clippers chance. Like, Western Conference Finals, like, oh, my God. Like, the the, the Denver, I can put it right now, Denver's going to lose in five or six easily to the Lakers if they play them. So they better put up a fight tonight because I really want to see that battle of L.A. Really battle, to my mind, that's the that's a championship right there. Whoever wins that is going to win because I really don't give – the Boston Celtics, in my, my, if the Boston makes it in my, in my uh, stance, I don't know. If, I don't think they're going to beat either or team. So, yeah, you know, coming out of the coming into the Western Conference semis, you know, we we obviously had the Clippers and the Lakers make it make it first out of the four game out of the four teams, and I was of the opinion that the Lakers and the Celtics were just going to stroll through the semis and meet each other in the finals, you know, like Destiny mm-hmm. intended to, but you know, obviously the Rockets did the Rockets thing and laid over and laid an egg in series. Another pop. And, and, <laughs> and we can talk about this up. in the next segment if you want to, because we got to talk about Mike D'Antoni as well. Mm-hmm. We got but, a lot of stuff for the Rockets. But, uh, yeah, you know, I still believe the Clippers have the talent to get through. It just depends on whether they show up, especially Paul George. He has to show up, especially with a name like Playoff P. You cannot – disappear in this series because he's dropped some real stinkers in his games i've watched him play and it's not fun to watch him drop two eight points and it won't cut it tonight where's their bench at like all year it's been the clippers bench the clippers bench they got two people six men of the year lou williams trez trez on the bench and trez is really he basically can't play the series doc said he can't play him on the fourth because he's getting dominated by Jokic right now the joker is laying it on him left right hooks he's taking one-legged shots it's just looking ugly and they've been doing pretty good on jamal murray so really that that denver's bench has been outplaying that clippers bench which has been a real shocker i feel like i feel like that's been a big storyline to this series here but like you said 
if the Lakers and Clippers play, I feel like the Lakers are going to win that. It's gonna that's gonna be a game six or game seven to see. I still I think you're right. I think the Lakers are going to beat whoever comes out. Um, I know Kings fans have to be hurt and watching Mike Malone have potential to go to a Western Conference Finals with this Nuggets team. It's just going to hurt so much to see. Yeah, <laughs> and while we're in the middle of a search for a GM as well. And people are withdrawing from our GM positions. <laughs> oh, my God. Like That's like <laughs> the worst thing to hear when I read, oh, yeah, three people have just withdrawn from our interview process. Like, okay, well, that sounds great. I mean, you could kind of see why, though, with the way the team is, the way the ownership yeah, oh, yeah. is. I know why. <laughs> I'm just kind of sad that's really happening, especially there's so many. I don't know if you seen yesterday on the jump. They, like, listed real quick all the – all the playoff, all the head coaching position. It's like seven playoff teams from just this year. So it's like, uh, Kings are going to be in the bottom of the barrel from everything. Even though I know we're not changing our coach, I just like, even though I feel like people probably are saying that right now. But like, man, they got a lot of things to do on the Kings. That's another pod too by itself. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we could probably talk. We could talk about the Kings numerous times, especially if the new NBA gets you know resumed before the semester goes away uh let so we already talked about it we are we both think the lakers are going to go through i'm going to say the heat are going to go through the finals and it's going to be lakers heat in the finals and regrettably i'm going to say the lakers are going to win but don't cut out the heat i think they could win i think they could snag force a game seven if it comes down to it yeah it sounds like you got way more faith in the heat than me i just feel like the heat they played a okay team in indiana they are a goody team but they didn't have enough for them the bucks it's just the same things Bucks as every year. They just they're so predictable in the playoffs. I don't want to blame Coach Bud. I kind of want to blame the team and kind of kind of want to blame. I'm gonna throw a little fifty fifty pie on Giannis, even though Giannis is doing everything he could. But it's just like Giannis, man, you're just too predictable, my guy. You're you're MVP and they run their system into the ground all regular season. But as you can see. The playoffs are about adjustment. So if Lake, let's say they just let's look at the Lakers. If they didn't adjust taking Dwight out and taking JaVel McGee out in the last series, there would have been a chance that the Rockets could have won that series. So like it's all about adjustments, and I have really haven't seen enough adjustments for the Bucks. And I don't know all that talk going on. Is he Scottie Pippen? Is he number two from uh Giannis? I don't know about all that. If you're a two time MVP, I feel like you gotta be a number one no matter what it is. But I just feel like he needs like even though he's not a Shaq, we got to think of him like a Shaq. He needs a closer guard to help him finish off. Either that's a wing or that's a guard. He's going to need some type of player to help him finish off because obviously Bledsoe, Milton have done enough for him. And I just like going back to that, just back to the system just a little bit, just like too much ball watching. Kind of reminds me of this Houston. They're going to go – they're going to die whatever system they run with, and they're going to keep going for it. There's no adjustments being made, which – in playoffs, you have to make adjustments because the team you're playing in every series is different. You know, let's talk about the Rockets a little bit because they were in the headlines this weekend after they lost. Mike D'Antoni went to ownership and said that he's not coming back for another season. I really don't know where they go from here. Do they just blow it up now or where do they go? So my opinion of that, do you believe that story? I mean, I kind of believe the story that Mike said at first, but it's kind of weird. It's like he like you seen the writing on the wall. Like, all right, I'm out, guys. Like, good job, real quick. Oh, I quit. Even though you're like, uh, I mean, you kind of. I mean, it was it was certainly a possibility. They laid all their chips on the table with the Westbrook trade, right? Because you gave away yeah. a bunch of you gave away first round picks, so it was kind of win now or next year. 
or there's going to be massive changes. So, you know, I think, well, it's really how, how is that ownership going to let Dale Murray run his team? Is he going to be like, analytics is still good? Or is he like, all right, shut up about the analytics. We need to do a half half here and look basketball IQ and analytics, you know, eyeball test and analytics. You know, and I think you can kind of see that press conference with James. Like, they believe in the system, and I believe in the system to an extent. But I also feel like, like even LeBron talked about it. They play small ball too. Everyone plays some type of small ball. The Warriors play small ball with Draymond with a death lineup going closing them. But they didn't play for the whole 48. And right. that's the difference from the that's Rockets and, like, the Warriors from that in that little example right there. You're going to have to be able to play stretches of the game where you got to win the rebounding category. Like on TNT, Charles Barkley, you know, Charles Barkley says crazy, outlandish things all the time. There's always two things that he says that I believe is always correct. You got to win the turnover battle, as in you got to have less turnovers. You got to win the rebounding battle because those two things just simply give you more possessions in the game. And playoff basketball is literally every possession counts so much. You can just feel it. Like two, three possessions of turnovers. The game can flip to two, three, three-pointers the other way. Boom, 10-point lead. You know? So it's like I believe in the – I just feel bad for James Harden. James Harden is a great player who can really do anything. We have seen him. People don't, I don't know if people remember. He played off the ball when he was an OKC coming off the bench. So he's really dynamic. You can put him in any system. So I just feel like they keep Westbrook and Harden and just build it like a regular team. Get some bigs. Get some three-point shooting. And get an offensive coach that should be able to get everyone involved all the time. They gotta be more dynamic. It's just too predictable, just like I said, the Bucks are. That's why I feel like the Rockets are in need of. Which especially with Daryl especially with Daryl Morey coming under like fire, especially for the China incident, mm-hmm. you know, early last season. So he's really in desperation mode right now. So you know, like it's like you said, teams play small ball, not for the whole forty eight. And they just have to – they have to either – they're either going to commit themselves to this for the future or they're going to say, we can't do this all the time. And assign at least two guys above six foot seven, right? No, it's, it's clear. It's clear that what they're doing right now is not working in its current incarnation. The only <laughs> question is, are they, are they going to stand pat or are they going to blow it up? Because they're in a real – they're in a sticky situation because if they Daryl if they fire Daryl Morey next year, then you've already wasted this current head coach that's going to come in. So I, you know, I don't know what I would do with them. I don't envy uh, the ownership group or Daryl Morey in this situation. Yeah, and it's funny that you even said that. Like it's, it was so sad. I know I don't know if he has anything left or anything like, but Tyson Chandler sitting on the bench in some regular clothes. Like I'm not sure if he has anything left or what the dealio with that situation was. I really didn't like research into what was happening with that situation. Like why is he basically getting put in the doghouse and not getting opportunities all year? Maybe it's like we talked about. They're already all in in their system. They already told him to sit down. There's no point of even dressing no more, <laughs> basically. But it's like like you said, like you gotta like even the Lakers went small, but their small is not small because they got AD at the five, LeBron at the four. You know, like it's still a big lineup. So it's like. James Harden, he just need they just need a couple more tweakages. You know, he mentioned any one more piece. I believe they need one more piece some way, somehow, just to get it more diverse. Like, I just feel bad for even PJ Tucker. Like, you playing Anthony Davis the whole series. 
Literally, you're getting right. on every possession, trying your hardest. You think he's going to make any threes? Like, no, he's using all his energy on the defensive end just to guard a great player. So it's just like – and a player that's not even his position, he should be guarding great, as in, like, he should be guarding a four or five. You know? Oh, no, a four or three or four or even a two, really, you know? So it's like, man, the Rockets got some things to hang and figure out, and I think they're wishing that they play the Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of teams wishing they came up against this current incarnation of the Clippers. All right. And with that, I think we are going to wrap up our first ever episode of No Limits with Gary and Mac. Uh, we want to thank everybody for listening. May, if you want more content like this, be sure to check out statehornet.com and wherever you get podcasts for, search the State Hornet Podcast Network. And we'll see you next week for the next episode of No Limits with Gary and Mac. Let's go.